hello and welcome to your little sister's productions this is missed opportunities i'm taya i'm laura and today we are talking about uh the book the movie adaptation of the novel whose author i don't remember <laughs> um water for elephants so water for elephants is a um, movie was done i didn't even look up the date we're very prepared for this. <laughs> it's a it's a novel written by someone, and it came out uh, sometime. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I have read the book, um, Water for Elephants. Uh, do you want to do the movie summary, and then I can talk about the differences? Yeah, so in the movie, it's, um, well, it's kind of a, is it considered a frame story when the, the person's yeah. old? So it's kind of a frame story. It's the end of the night, people are trying to take down the circus, and there's an old man there, and um, these crew members are trying to figure out where they had, like, a retirement home earlier there earlier that day, and so they take him inside, and they're trying to find the number for the nursing home so they can get him home, and he starts talking about how he worked circuses back in the day, and one of them was the Benzini Circus. And the guy, the crew member who's trying to find the number to so he can get home, got very interested and talked about how that was one of the biggest disasters ever. And he wants to hear this man's story because he was there for it. So then we go back in time and it's 1931. The Great Depression is happening. The Prohibition, where alcohol was illegal, was happening. And we find out that... Um, Robert Pattinson's character, Jacob Jankowski, I think is how it's said. Mm -hmm. Polish immigrant parents, he said, there was no sign of the depression in my home because they were used to kind of having to scrape by because where they were from in Poland, they're also very poor there. And he's studying to become a veterinarian, so he's going to have, you know, a good career ahead of him. The day of his final exam, he literally opens his final exam book and is reading the first question. And they pull him aside to let him know that his parents have died in the car crash. I should also take a second to apologize for my voice. I have a cold. <laughs> and so that's kind of why I sound this way. So I apologize for my voice. <laughs> anyway, they pull him aside and tell him his parents died. And I was kind of bad. I'm like, you literally couldn't wait. Maybe what the half an hour or an hour it would take for him to take the exam so at least he has a career before you tell him his parents have died. But they tell him his parents have died and he loses the house to the bank and it's a whole big thing. So he's homeless and parentless and he kind of just starts wandering around. He decides to jump on a train, happens to be a circus train. He tells him he's looking for work and they um, put him to work the next day mucking out the car where they kept the animals in and mucking out in case you don't know is throwing out the manure cleaning out the hay and whatnot he gets shown to the ringleader who in the movie is august his name is and he tells him that he's a cornell graduate of veterinary science so he decides to keep him on as a vet he's supposed to save this horse um but he looks at the horse and he decides that the horse is not going to be able to continue and it needs to be put down because it's in too much pain and it's not curable 
and I don't remember what he said the horse had. It sounded like tinnitus, which I know it's not because that's the ringing in your ear disease. <laughs> but that's what it sounded like he said to me. So the horse said something that sounded like that. Apparently not curable, at least not in 1931. Um, August, the, the ringleader, says, No, as I can pay you, but only if the horse walks because it's my star attraction. I need the star attraction. We have to find some way to cure it. But he ends up shooting it anyway. And August's wife, Marlena, is the one that does the act with the horses. And she and she stays there with the horse to comfort it while he does that. And she doesn't try to really stop him or anything. But she says she'll miss Jacob because she's sure her husband will probably throw him off the moving train for killing the horse. The husband decides, August, decides not to because he needs... He still needs him for the other animals and stuff, but he's kind of on thin ice. So now they need a new star attraction, and August spends all the money that he has in an already not great economy to buy an elephant named Rosie. And I guess this is the first time that the title started to make sense. We'll talk about that. <laughs> but just so you know, we're rolling to the movie, and finally we have an elephant. And... They call it a bull a lot of the time. Like, they say, do you have a bull, man? Here's the bull hook. This is how you use it. And they call her a bull, but it's an elephant. And it's also a female. Are female elephants called bulls? A bull is just an elephant. Just an elephant. Okay. Rosie, at first, is not doing very well in the performing arts section. In fact, she messes up a show. And Melina ends up getting injured a little bit. Not severely, but, you know, it's not good to be injured at all. And August gets very upset. August is the ringleader. And he takes the bull hook and he goes into the train car where Rosie is and ends up beating Rosie severely. And some of his henchmen who work for him at the circus stop Jacob from stopping him and Marlena. Kind of try to stop him. You know, she was saying, please don't and all this stuff. But she's just standing outside horrified and she stops talking to August for a while after that happens because she's just so horrified that he beat Rosie as severely as he did and like most people who are abusive at least from my not personal experience but from my knowledge um, August is very apologetic afterward and seems willing to do just about anything in order to try and make up for it and also gives excuses for why he acted the way he did eventually they find out that rosie the elephant was trained in polish jacob jankowski's parents are from poland he speaks polish so they're able to train rosie she already can do tricks you just have to give the commands in polish so then everything becomes hunky-dory happy for a little while you know they're selling out shows and rosie's you know their main star attraction she's doing everything she's supposed to no more injuries are happening and during this time, Jacob is invited to lots of dinners and get-togethers and stuff with August and Marlena. So they're a married couple, and then it's him, which is fine. Like, people can hang out with married couples, but they act very lovey-dovey during this. And they keep, like, drinking alcohol, like champagne and stuff. And you kind of start to see a connection form between Jacob and Marlena. Which, she's married, and not only is she married, she's married to a very abusive guy who is okay throwing people off a moving train at his own whim. So, <laughs> um, not a great situation to be in on any level. 
but they keep going, you know, they have a connection, a lot of stuff happens, um, August starts to, what's the word, suspect is the word that something's going on between Jacob and Marlena, and he gets very jealous, and he kind of explodes one night, and Marlena overhears him telling his henchmen, hey, throw Jacob off the train once we're moving. So she tells Jacob he has to run away. He convinces Marlena to run away with him. And they do. They go to a hotel and then they get found not very long after. It did not take long for people to find them at all. And they beat Jacob to a pulp and they take Marlena back. So Jacob goes back to the circus and he is all set and ready to kill August. He has a knife he's gonna like slit his throat or stab him or something in his sleep and but he sees marlena in the bed next to august and she's telling him no please don't don't kill him and so now did he leave the knife on the bed in the movie okay because that confused me because i was like i don't remember that but maybe it happened anyway but so he leaves but apparently the night that he and marlena ran away in the movie August went mad and had like people being thrown off the train all night long including these two really good side characters and friends that we had gotten to know throughout the movie um who were found dead by two other men who survived being thrown off because they hit soft ground and so these two men who got thrown off but survived were so upset at the death of so many people and the fact that they were thrown off that they decided they're going to get back at August and so Jacob tells Marlena you know meet me and we're gonna, well, she tells Jacob, hey, they're going to get back at August. And he says, okay, just meet me afterward or during and we'll get away and we'll go have a life together. And turns out what they did to get back at August was during a show while Marlena's like riding Rosie. So she's on top of the elephant. They let all the animals loose, all the lions and tigers and any anything else that they had, they let loose during the show so all the people are running away people are getting trampled and bit, bitten and eaten and jacob is trying to find marlena to run away with but august is there so august starts wailing on jacob and marlena grabs the bull hook and goes after august august overpowers her and jacob tries to get to them but one of august's henchmen stops him and so august is killing marlena he's literally about she's dying and Rosie the elephant, she's staked in the ground and she sees this happening and she uses her trunk to pick up the stake and swings it at August, killing him because she hits him in the head and she's strong because she's an elephant. She only takes the one blow. So August is dead. They spend the story that he got trampled during the stampede of the animals. And that was the big tragedy of the Bensini Circus was this huge stampede. All the animals got loose and just killed a bunch of people, apparently. We only really see August dead. <laughs> But apparently a lot of people were at least injured and it was a horrible tragedy and of course the circus goes under and gets owned by whoever the um, they were in debt to and Marlena and Jacob run off together. They end up getting married. Jacob gets his vet license. He finally takes that one final test, his final exam and passes to get his license and they join the Ringling Brothers. And they do that for a long time until they they have multiple children and then they settle down and buy property and have all these, they have Rosie still and these dogs and horses and raise their kids, but they always visit the circus in town. So at the end, you know, he says, 
Marlena died in her sleep near the at the end of her life and he's like my kids I don't live with them I live in a nursing home and they're starting to forget to visit me so he wants to go back to work the, the circus again as a ticket he said ticket wicket was the phrase he used but the guy in the ticket booth he wants to be back in the circus and the crew member is so amazed by his story that he actually accepts him and so he's going back to the circus as a ticket guy he's gonna be on the road again and that's the movie water for elephants okay so we're gonna talk about the differences <laughs> between the book and movie so First of all, this is actually a really good adaptation of this book. Um, they do make a lot of changes, but um, a lot of people really liked the changes. There's even an argument that the book is, or the movie is better than the book. Um, but just to kind of, we'll just go through <laughs> what uh, what was changed. So the very beginning, first of all, um, the old man, the frame story is completely different. So, um, he doesn't actually get to go to the circus. He is still in the nursing home and he does not tell anybody the story of his life. He tells the audience the story. So it all is just kind of happening in his head. Um, and so the whole thing about, um, oh, that's the biggest disaster and, 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 and all that information, um, doesn't happen. You, you just kind of get him in the nursing home He's really mean to um, all the nurses and stuff because he's like this cranky old man. Um, and that's when you hear the water for the explanation of water for elephants, which we never actually get in the movie. Mm -mm. Um, which is that um, basically when people say that they used to work at the circus and they would get the water, you know, they would haul the water for the elephants. They're lying because you can't haul, like, the elephants drink so much water, like, you have to have a hose. There's no possible way you could just trek that much water a day. <laughs> yeah, that would literally be all you ever did, and you, the elephants would still need more water. Um, so anytime someone says that, Jacob knows that they're lying, and people have lied <laughs> in the nursing home saying that they worked in the circus, and they hauled the water for the elephants, and that's, like, a metaphor for the fact that everything is you know, who you are and deception and all this stuff. Anyway, um, so the frame story is very different um, and it doesn't have the happy ending of him, like, rejoining the circus. <laughs> um, and then the next one is, so he does finish school um, immediately, but the test is like, it's kind of like if you're a lawyer, you have to take the bar. It's that type of thing. He didn't finish his licensing exam. Um he doesn't live at home, so all of the stuff about him losing his home and his parents and his dad, like, getting paid, and, like, none of that happened. He immediately, like, after the test, I'm, I think he identifies his parents and then throws up and then immediately leaves and join, like, and runs away. He doesn't get to say goodbye to his home or anything like that. He leaves immediately from there. And so uh, he doesn't speak to his dean um until the very end um so yeah so like the beginning of it where he's like saying goodbye and it a lot of people like that because it kind of um explains the the fact that he speaks polish a little bit better because he's speaking it with his parents um but yeah you don't see that in the book he just immediately runs away um and then he doesn't lie like at the the second he gets to the circus he's like 
I went to veterinary school, but I didn't take, I didn't finish the exam. And they're like, we don't care. <laughs> like, you know, like veterinary science, that's amazing. You know, um, they don't care that he doesn't have a degree. And that was immediate. He doesn't try and lie about that at all. Um, in the book. And then the situation with the horse is different. Um, yes, Marlena is the, the performer that performs with the horses. Silver Star is, um, it, it kind of makes it seem in the movie that it was like the first thing that he did, um, as the vet. It wasn't, it was a, like, he, he made the horse perform longer. He, he like gave in to August for a longer time. Um, but then August does know and August gives off the decision. Um, he does sign off on the decision to kill the horse eventually. And it is August's idea to feed the horse to the, to the cats because they're hungry and they're actually super hungry. Like in the movie, you see them like feeding them like rotten stuff. And it's like, that's really bad. But in the book, they're like running out. They have nothing else to give the cats at that point because they're, really desperate and so when the horse dies it's like a saving grace <laughs> like it was it was but it was august's idea to kill it's like to finally let the horse die um and that brings me to the biggest the most glaring difference between the book and the movie is that there is a missing character in the movie um uncle al is actually the ringleader of the circus he is the one in charge he is very charismatic and boisterous and loud and he is the ringleader he is the one um in charge of everything august who is marlena's husband is the leader of the menagerie so he's in charge of all of the animals and he is always a jerk he is just he's a jerk personality he's very mean he's always abusive <laughs> he's you know He's not, um, in, in the movie, he goes back and forth between being Al, who's like the charismatic ringleader that is also kind of evil, but doesn't show it, to August, who's incredibly abusive just all the time and just a jerk. <laughs> yeah, he does seem quite back and forth with that personality. Yeah, and it's because in the book, it's two different people. Um, and so... Uncle Al is the one who's saying, you know, don't kill the horse. We need it for more shows. And August is the one who's like, go ahead and kill them. And Marlena is not there when that happens. She, um, Jacob and August make sure that she is not there uh, when it happens. But in the movie, she's like comforting the horse. And it's a, it's a different kind of tragic <laughs> scene. Yeah. yeah. Because the horse does need to be put down. And then the next biggest thing is that when they run away, like, so all this stuff happens, um, and Marlena and Jacob run away to get away from August beating her, um, they go, they, they go to Al, and they're like, he's a psycho, you need to, like, stop, and then Uncle Al kind of convinces them that, you know, he'll keep August away, and... It'll be all be fine. And they come back voluntarily. They come back because they are worried about Rosie. They're worried about like, so she has actually an entire menagerie of horses, like a lot of horses 
that she takes care of. Mm-hmm. Um, in the movie, she kind of, like, never sees the horses again after Silverstar dies. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, but she she's actually with the horses a lot. Like, she takes care of the horses because um, she loves them. Um, and so she, she goes back because she doesn't want to leave the horses. They don't want to leave Rosie. And they didn't want to leave Walter and Camel and all of their friends. And so they, they go back voluntarily, and Uncle Al convinces them that August is not going to be around her anymore. Like, I'll keep a restraining order on him, you know? Um, obviously, it doesn't work. <laughs> the other thing is when when Camel and Walter, who are the two side characters that die, that ultimately um, the reason for the revenge, um, when they die, it's, it's a different telling of it where uh, because they came back voluntarily Jacob was already on the train and they make the decision after another episode with August um, he makes the decision to kill August and so he leaves Camel who is sick and can't defend himself and Walter who is a little person can't you know fight off the henchmen um, he leaves them to go and kill August in his bed. He doesn't end up doing it for the same reason in the movie. Um, but he leaves the knife on the pillow, like, threatening to kill. You know, like, I could have killed you kind of a thing. When he comes back, because he had left them alone, they are thrown off the train. They are red-lighted, and they die. And so Jacob feels very personally responsible for that. And they don't really show that in the movie. Um, no, not at all. Yeah, and then again, the end is different with the frame story. The fact that he doesn't really rejoin the circus and all that stuff doesn't happen. But anyway, so that's the differences between the book and the movie. Um, it is a pretty good adaptation. It has the same feel. It has the same amount of urgency. And that's kind of the problem. <laughs> yeah, what's our first point? We have five points to talk about today. What's our first one? Um, so the love story is oh non-compelling gosh. in the third wheel stuff, so. Okay, so and when he is trying to convince Marlena to run away with him because she's like, I heard him give, in the movie, I haven't read the book, but in the movie she's like, I heard him give the order to throw you off the train, you have to leave, and he's trying to convince her to come with him. I thought, you know, it's just going to be, hey, you know, there might be something between us, and he's abusive, and even if there wasn't something between us, you should run away because he's a jerk and he hits you and all this stuff. But it was more like, even if you don't love me, and all, he was talking about love when he was trying to convince Marlena to go with him, and I was like, hold up, wait. What love? <laughs> and this is well into the movie. I mean, this is, you know, right? Is it rising action? or It's not yeah. climax. It's, it's rising yeah. action. But it's like near the climax of the story it's not just the beginning of the rising action it's near the end of the rising action because he's about to run away and they're about to you know get their reason for revenge any moment now and he's talking about love and so there should be if they're gonna have that you should feel as though there's some love between them but i'm sitting there like what love (laughs) yeah i think they guys kissed once which is cheating and that kind of goes along with our episode from last week, Something Borrowed. Yeah. Where when you cheat um, in movies, typically how they will justify, oh, you want these two characters together, even though one of them or even both are cheating, is you make the other partner 
a jerk or abusive or something that makes you feel like, oh, well, they don't deserve to be, like, they need to get out of that situation anyway. And obviously that's what they did. So even though it was cheating, and I don't condone cheating, at least they made him such an abusive jerk, like, yeah, she needs to get out. But I still didn't see any love between her and Jake, Marlena and Jacob. They kissed, like, once, and they kind of had some stolen glances. But honestly, I didn't feel anything between them yeah. at all. <laughs> and that's how it is in the book. <laughs> Sadly, like, it's a really great adaptation of a very non-compelling love story. Because you don't really get to know the characters very well. Like, Jacob is not a very, like... A, a, a full character he doesn't have a whole lot of tricks or things making him compelling in any way and his feelings for marlena like it's from his perspective like he is the old man talking in the book and it does not like i can not like i can say robert pattinson portrayed him just fine <laughs> You know, like, it was not that, you know, it wasn't acted well or it wasn't, you know, it was just the fact that this character is so lackluster. He doesn't ever express these, like, undying feelings for Marlena or any real intense emotion. And then it's, yeah, you're just like, wait, you're in love? I'm sorry, when when did that happen? <laughs> And, like, the movie is obviously a lot more rushed. There's more um, time passing in the book. But still, it's it's not very, like, oh, my gosh, I'm I'm so glad. I want her to run away with him so badly because they deserve to be together because they're so in love. It's like, oh, she's going to – she's going to give up her entire life (laughs) that she has and all of her friends and everything um, to be with this guy that she's – oh, she's in love with him. Oh, oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, like it was yeah. just it just didn't it didn't hit the right markers of emotional impact. No, they didn't have enough build up. And then part of it being such a, a lackluster love story is in the movie, Jacob is a third wheel to Marlena and August a lot. Like they have him over for cocktails, they have him over for dinner. And they will, they dance, like, slow dance or romantic with him there. She'll sit on his lap. August, not Jacob's. <laughs> her husband's. Marlena and her husband are very lovey-dovey in front of Jacob. And they don't talk to him. Like, I mean, they talk to him during the dinner portion of stuff. But, like, once they've had champagne or some parts of it, it was just really awkward and weird. Like, why is he continuously this third wheel to them being all romantic and lovey-dovey with them. And Taylor, you said in the book, it's not like he's the third wheel because Al is the ringleader. And so it was Al hanging out with August and Marlena and then they invite Jacob. So at least that's a little better because he has someone to talk to and all this stuff while Marlena and August are being all lovey-dovey. But it was weird in the movie. I just, like the first dinner that they have was a celebration and I understood that one. It was still weird after dinner when they were all dancing and whatnot, but I understood it. But every dinner and cocktail hour and stuff after that, I didn't understand because they didn't treat it like, oh, we're a married couple and we have a friend over. They treated it like, oh, we're a married couple alone and he just happens to be here. Yeah, it made him seem a lot creepier. Yeah, because he would just stay and watch. 
Well, and it's like it's hard because it's like he's really uncomfortable, but he's in love with Marlena, and so he's like wanting to be there. It's like I think that's what they're going for. I yeah. If they had set tried to set him up because in the movie, there is a woman who she's one of the showgirls. There was like a little striptease burlesque uh, routine. And she is, she really likes Jacob, apparently. She tries to kind of flirt with him. Not try, she does flirt heavily with him the whole movie. And I was like, you know, if at one point they were trying to set him up with her because they've noticed that at least the dinners would make more sense. Yeah. But they never try to set him up with her or any of the other women from the circus or anything. He's just there to witness their dinner and cocktail hour. Yeah. It's it's really weird. And there's other thing like, yeah, the love story just doesn't work because it's not compelling. It's not like, oh my gosh, Marlena has to get out of this horrible relationship and she needs to be with Jacob because Jacob's going to treat her right. Honestly, we don't know if Jacob's going to treat her right because we don't know Jacob at all because he doesn't really have a personality. And well, and he's going through like a, you know, you see him with his parents and he is you know, happy and has this whole life plan, but then his, his world is completely shattered. And so you don't know like how he's going to deal with that because you know, he doesn't know. And when you're going through that transitional period, you're kind of blank. And then when he comes out of that transitional period and he is fully a circus person and, and into it, you're already, the, the story's over, <laughs> you know, like by the time he, he gets around to it, the story's over. And so you'd never really know like oh she's gonna be safe with him or she's gonna you know like it's all gonna work out anything like that because like yeah the characters are just not um not anybody that you want to root for it's not like it's not that you're rooting against them like I feel like in something borrowed like people were actively rooting against (laughs) that couple whereas in this one it's just like you don't realize oh they're supposed to already be in love It, it feels like you missed something because they go from kind of liking each other to a little flirtatious to they're like running away, running away together. Yeah, running away together. And it doesn't feel satisfying at all. And you're not, you, like, it's not that you're not rooting for them, it's that you don't care. Like, if they don't end up together by the end of the movie or the end of the book, you're like, I don't really care. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the problem and and that's that was our next point is just that the characters themselves are just incredibly lackluster throughout the whole thing and reese ritherspoon plays marlena and reese ritherspoon is a dang good actress and she tried to bring something to marlena but there just wasn't anything there from the uh, the material to bring like the book didn't do her any favors and it looks like the scripts script writers didn't bring anything they just took the character from the book and plopped her on the page yeah I remember so when we read the book me and my sister read it together and we were just like yeah like I don't really care whether or not these two get together because I don't feel like I know them like I don't care and then when the movie came out we were like oh my gosh this is gonna be great because they're gonna you know do the movie magic and we're gonna really care about the characters now they're gonna add some pizzazz to this uh to this lackluster character story and they didn't. <laughs> it, it was just this perfect adaptation of, oh, the book is lackluster. Let's make a lackluster movie as well. <laughs> and I was very disappointed because I was like, I was really 
wanting to I really like I love circus stories I love the circus I love like whenever you know animal abusers get their comeuppance like I love that mentality of like taking care of each other and this found family and and so many things about this book should be wonderful like the the tragic love story or the forbidden love and all that like it's really compelling concept but it is not uh compelling because the characters are meh and that's the way the book was and that's the way that the movie was the one time that people who read the book want the movie to be different yeah exactly (laughs) the one time time we don't want it to feel like the book uh they, they give us they give us that so yeah but speaking of like the actors and actresses Robert Pattinson. <laughs> so I have seen Robert Pattinson, obviously in Harry Potter, in Twilight, um, and I've seen him in Remember Me. And I really, my favorite performance of his is gonna be always Remember Me, unless he does really good at Batman, but we'll see. Um, so yeah, so I've seen him in Remember Me. All of his other projects, I think, are like indie or rated R or something. And so Remember Me is the only thing that I really have liked him in. And this one, for the same reason, is he, uh, I don't know, he he doesn't seem like he should be smiling whenever he's smiling. Yeah, he smiles at really odd times, like, just not appropriate times. Like, if someone was smiling in the situations that Robert Pattinson or the director or both decided for Jacob, the character, to be smiling in, you'd think there was something severely wrong with them. Like they're off somehow mentally like a psychopath or (laughs) just not understanding the situation like they're really dumb or trying to manipulate you like it just didn't come off and also we talked and Tay and I talked about this off the podcast that poor Robert Pattinson in this movie especially when he smiled didn't seem genuine it seemed really awkward and forced and maybe that's that's the vibe they were going for like he's smiling because he's nervous but it just came off really bad and weird. And I don't... Okay, so Robert Pattinson's a person I have no opinion on because I've never met him. The only thing I know really about him is that he hates Twilight because he's come out several times. and Like, that's all I really know about his personality, to be completely honest. So I know nothing about him. I have no opinion on him as a person. I'm sure he's lovely. And he was in Harry Potter. That's a big point. But... I did not like his performance in Harry Potter. I was not a fan of his performance in Twilight. And this is the movie, I haven't seen Remember Me. So this movie, he annoyed me less. This is my kind of, I guess, the best performance I've seen out of him. Out of the three things I've seen him in. But that's not saying much because the character just had nothing going for him. It was just a bland, blank slate who sometimes smiled at the wrong times. <laughs> like, I just, I didn't, there wasn't much. They didn't give him the opportunity to react to his friend's death in the movie. Um, with the parents' death, we, we see him in the dark throwing up and then identifying the bodies, and then he, like, leaves. And so I feel like we didn't even really see, like, his actions tell us he's grieving, but I don't feel like he got to have, like, the acting moment of grieving the parents' death and... He just doesn't... Which doesn't make sense, because he doesn't have that moment in the book, but that's because he is running from it. He literally runs away from the exam and from his parents. Like, 
he doesn't go and have this like goodbye moment with his family's home or speak with a bank manager or anything like he just runs and in the movie he's has all he's dealing with it yeah he like supposedly but we don't see we don't see it in his acting like they just they made they made really odd choices with the grief process like they're like oh yeah we'll show him saying goodbye but we won't show any grief like any times where he's i don't know they didn't give him opportunities to show off any acting skills, in my opinion, beyond just being, like, this bland blank slate. And it just didn't work because it made the love story lackluster, so you just kind of didn't care. The only thing I really cared about was August getting his comeuppance for being a horrible, abusive person to people and animals. That's the only thing I cared about. I didn't care if Jacob and Marlene lived, died, got together, didn't get together... I, I didn't care. I didn't want August to kill them, but I didn't care if that did happen <laughs> as long as August gets killed or something, you know? Like, I knew from the second that August beat Rosie severely that Rosie and or Jacob were going to kill him by the end. Like, that was his ending because of how severely he beat Rosie at that one point. And she, all she has to do is step on you and you're dead because she's an elephant. Like, she weighs four tons or something ridiculous yeah. like that. <laughs> To however many tons she weighs um but yeah I just I'm not a huge fan of Robert Pattinson's acting to be fair as I said I haven't seen him in much maybe he'll be like the best Batman ever I don't know I'm willing to give him a chance but I just his acting choices sometimes make me wonder if it's just he keeps getting directors who are bad or if it's just him <laughs> well we know that the director of Twilight is not our taste <laughs> I will, definitely I will, not our taste i will say that i am not a fan of hers at all and to be fair we have not talked about harry potter maybe sometime in the future we will but if ever we do i can rant for about two hours alone on harry potter 4 i don't like anything or anybody in harry <laughs> potter 4 I, there's not a single thing i like in that movie so that also could not be his fault <laughs> because even the main characters harry ron and hermione i don't like that i like nothing about four when i watch harry potter i skip it like the marathon it i skip it and i don't even care <laughs> I <have> okay no <laughs> i four was like my favorite book for the majority of <laughs> it's a good book and i don't know i didn't hate the movie um obviously it wasn't anywhere near like that that one is a bad adaptation because oh, yeah. it does not keep the same feel it they change a lot of the character growth and the lighting is bad the hair is bad i i get it um but watching it like i don't skip it <laughs> <laughs> i don't skip it i just you know power through i don't know i've never really noticed the the differences until laura pointed it out and now i feel like i see it everywhere <laughs> like a, it's a very popular opinion to not like harry potter 4 <laughs> so poor robert pattinson just got cast in the wrong harry potter movie he did i think he would have done well in another harry potter movie possibly a different character because as i said before his smile's kind of awkward and cedric is this very smiley charismatic per at least from what i remember of the book it's been a few years since i read four but supposed to be this really charismatic popular kid who's really kind and Robert Pattinson just feels awkward all the time but to be fair so does everyone in the movie yeah so I, I feel like that is just kind of what the movie that British charming is just awkward <laughs> like awkwardness is charming so you're saying if I was British I might understand four better 
Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. If you're from Britain, let us know. And let us know if you like Harry Potter uh, and the Goblet of Fire. <laughs> the movie, <laughs> the not movie. the book. Because um, the yeah. book is great. But anyway, so yeah, that's why Robert Pattinson mini rounds. If ever we, if he comes out as Batman and we decide to cover his Batman movies, you might hear another rant, depending on yeah, the director. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> well, and, and, and we have our favorite actors, and we always try and let you guys know, like, when we don't personally like an actor. Like, I told you about, like, Amelia Clark. I really want to like her. Yeah. But her acting choices bother me so much. And, yeah. Uh, well, I had the same thing with Ryan Reynolds for years and years. Anything I saw Ryan Reynolds and I was just like, I can tell you're good, man. I just don't like your choices. Yeah. It just, took me a long time to like anything Ryan Reynolds. I still don't like some of the stuff he's been in by like his more recent stuff like yeah. um you see red notice no not yet but that's on my list to see it with dwayne johnson right yeah i love the rock list. so anytime i can watch a movie with him because he does make a lot of radar movies and so i but he also makes a lot of family movies like he's, family and he's comedy. all over i love yeah <laughs> so i've seen a lot of his family movies i really enjoy I yeah. love The Rock since he was on WWF, and that was when it was called WWF. So yeah. <laughs> it has gone through name changes, and he has gone the through Rock, name changes. The Rock, or Dwayne Johnson, as he is now more commonly known, he has improved as an actor vastly. Like, when you watch him as Scorpion King, which I think was one of his first acting roles, mm-hmm. to like where he is now, he has improved. Like, he hasn't just stuck to his um, origins. Right. Like well, he's, he's actually taken the time to study the craft. And I appreciate that. And he found his niche, well, and I think family movies and yeah. action movies. <laughs> well, I think, like, in The Scorpion King specifically, because he was, because um, he was in The Mummy number whatever that was Two. The Scorpion King. The num- yeah. And he doesn't have any lines. He doesn't have any lines, and he's he, mostly CGI. So, yeah. <laughs> um, But then they actually did The Scorpion King, and that movie was awful. <laughs> and there's like six of those we should do those movies one day. There's like six of them. There's, why? The first one was so bad. They get they get worse each time. Oh my gosh, that hurts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um That's what we're gonna do. Yeah. Today. <laughs> so the Scorpion King, they had no expectation of him um being a good actor because he came from from wrestling and, and yes, wrestling is acting, but it's not the same and they have low expectations of people who do that because they have this one character that they play and and that's it and so when the scorpion king came out that was it like they they had no expectation of him doing more and they built an entire movie around him not being able to do more yeah and then he did a bunch of other movies that really showed range and it was like i really wish he had done scorpion king later and they knew what he was capable of yeah and so they could have given him more because scorpion king is not a bad concept it's 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 not great but it's not a bad concept well it's fine and the third thing is if ever we talk about the mummy franchise we'll get more into it but in the mummy 2 he's a bad guy but then you have the scorpion king movie where you root for him because he's the good guy and we're just supposed to accept that in a however many year thousands of years he turns into a bad guy right it does yeah so that kind of ruined the mummy 2 villain but whatever back to our current movie (laughs) Yeah, back to water for elephants. Sorry, Which was guys. so boring. We had to do so many tangents. <laughs> but yeah, like it, oh it's it makes your mind wander because there's just not enough happening. That's true. So another thing that this movie really didn't show um, is the desperation. So this is during the depression. They are a failing circus for the majority of the book, 
and and the movie they're failing and it's really hard and they're struggling and they and they start um uncle al starts redlighting people which in the movie is just kind of like they just kind of talk about it openly and accept it but in the book it's more rumor and discreet and they don't just throw nine people off it's it's very hush hush you know they don't really talk you know it's like when they explain what red lighting is because because again they don't in the book they don't try and throw him off like to threaten him when he kills the horse because august signed off on the horse stuff um and so they don't try and throw him off so he learns about red lighting from them like you know whispering about it <laughs> and like uh camel and walter explaining it to him and, and things like that so um the desperation is not shown in the film like, no they at one point august is talking to jacob and he jacob was upset about what they were feeding the big cats the lions and the tigers that they had because it was rotten food and he's like clearly he's like you're so upset and i understand because it's not right but clearly you've never seen desperate men you've never seen starving men which i understood because at the beginning of the movie jake was like well we were doing pretty well for it being the depression because my family knew how to survive po- poverty they were used to going off very little so it would make sense that he hadn't seen starving people before but so august says that so i'm like okay we're gonna see scenes of like people going in the trash cans for food or maybe even trying to steal food from the towns they're visiting and they're not just being anything around and people sharing one bowl of porridge or some something to show that they're desperate but instead what we get through the whole movie are these scenes of them eating in the cafeteria tent that they have that up and there's plenty of food and everyone's eating and everyone's happy and no one seems to be upset at the lack of food or lack of getting paid because they're not selling shows out everyone seems perfectly fine yeah it doesn't it really misses the mark on the desperation and i think and that's so important because like when he red lights people it's because he can't pay them or they're not bringing um they're not pulling their own weight but in the movie it's just like he's just doing it <laughs> for fun because like oh we can't afford these people toss them you know like it and so it's kind of weird that well and and in the movie it's they throw the people off and it's they might die they might not but in the book i feel like it was very much they could throw you off strategically to make sure that you died um particularly throwing you off the reason why they called it red lighting is because they would hold you out until you hit the red light that means that the train is moving is um coming and so it's like a it's a death sentence for the most part (laughs) like there's very lucky few that could survive and so it was a big deal, but it was like a hush-hush deal because why would you stay on a train with people who are just randomly throwing people off, you know? Yeah, I feel like the circus would... I was surprised in the movie that they didn't just all leave en masse or that they all didn't band together and take down... Because it's only like, what, two or three henchmen Yeah. doing it? I'm like, there's way more of you than the people throwing people off the train. Why don't you just, like, get together... And you guys have weapons there and just be like, don't red light us or we'll red light you or something. Yeah. <laughs> There's like 12 of us and three of you. Yeah. It and you're doesn't... not a Jackie Chan, so. <laughs> like... Yeah, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. And it doesn't show like the fact that they're, for the 
a very long time. They are very desperate to... You don't see any signs. They tell you, and they never, ever show you any desperation. Only The most desperate person in the whole movie was Camel, because he's an alcoholic during the Prohibition. Yeah. And so he's desperate for alcohol, and he can't get it, because it's not legal. Yeah, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> and that, that's all that they they show like when even when they buy Rosie and he's talking about the um expenses well the they debts. yeah all the expenses and the debts but when they're talking about the circus that they buy Rosie from and how they were bare bones and people come in and pick them off and stuff like that and everything um and they have like this kind of scene where you see this other circus and these people, but they don't seem all that desperate. And But it's telling you that they're desperate. So it's like, okay, I can buy into it. But then their circus was like that until they found Rosie. And you never see that. And then, and until Rosie does well. Like, they, it's a long time before the circus is doing well. Yeah. And so you have no real sense of urgency in this movie that the book does create. So that is one of the, the differences in feeling is they tell you but then they have so many scenes of them like having these full plates of like eggs and bacon and it's like you're feeding like hundreds of people with this amount of food like if hundreds of people are getting that amount of food you cannot be that poor you know you should be able to feed your big cats something feed them some bacon at least heaven's sake yeah And so it, yeah, the the desperation isn't very believable in the movie. No, not at all. That was definitely a weird storytelling part. Yeah, that was a time when we needed to be shown, not told. Yeah, like, and not only did they tell us, but they showed us opposite. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like if they had kind of showed like maybe like porridge or oatmeal or like we've been eating the same thing for you know days, you know, like well, people used to use their boots to flavor soup. Like right. the worn out boots. They just put the leather, on. yeah. Yeah, leather. <laughs> and this is the Great Depression. I didn't see anybody struggling. Not just not the circus. Like, I didn't see anybody struggling. Yeah. It and it's really... 1931 in America. <laughs> where, where, where are all the people, like, having to send their kids off to who knows where because they can't afford to feed them? As sad as that is, like, we all saw these happy families at the circus and everyone looked well-fed and well-dressed and... Yeah, it it made it very much not believable that there was something going on. (laughs) Yeah. Have anything else? That was our last point. Um, I don't really have anything else. I'm just looking over my notes real fast. But um, I, as far as rewatchability of this movie, I told Taya, if someone were having a movie night, like, you know, it was a group of friends, obviously, if they're my friends, I like them, or group of people I want to be friends with had a movie night and they had this movie as the movie i would one question why of all the movies in the world this movie but i would still go just to spend time with people but i don't know i would watch this movie again of my own volition ever because it was just kind of a weird movie like at first i was like oh this doesn't seem like it's going to be a bad movie like the whole kind of beginning setting up part i was like okay I don't know why Taya chose this movie because it doesn't seem like it's going to be bad. And then as it gets, then I got to the end and I was like, oh, okay. 
that 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 was a thing <laughs> like, yeah, exactly <laughs> the beginning That's... seemed like it was gonna be better but well okay. it's a great premise and it's a great like idea and if you, you just told me the story I would probably love it but the way that it's told the way that the characters are not there you know like there's there's there is definitely an x factor missing from this plot and these characters because if you told me like Okay, so there's this guy, and he's about to pass his bar for the veterinarian certificate, but then his parents die, and so he runs away, and he joins a circus, and he meets this girl, and they fall in love, but she's married, and her husband is really abusive, and so they have to fight to be together, you know, like, there's and this great depression, and people are dying, and they're desperate, and then they find this elephant, and then the, the bad guy is abusive to and he's actually abusive to the elephant um because he is actually the bull man august is yeah and so he's actually really abusive to the elephant for a long time it's not just the one time that he beats her he beats her a lot and he's like when he pokes her with she a stick can like literally crush you i don't i mean not that that's okay you shouldn't abuse any animal no matter the size like even this chihuahua can't kill you you shouldn't abuse this chihuahua but the fact that she could just has to lift her foot <laughs> and go smack like smash and yeah. just and all you have is this little bull hook. Yeah. Like, she just has to take her trunk and swing it to the side and kick you. <laughs> and kick you. Yeah. She... she can kill you. <laughs> but elephants are nice. They don't they kill are... people until that the end. very sweet. <laughs> but, and it was like a self-defense for someone else, at least in the movie, that Rosie killed them. And I was all for it. I was like, I'm, I don't condone killing people for crimes like animal abuse. I don't think they should be allowed to have animals if they're abusing animals. I'm not a fan of animal abuse. I'm not saying that. But I don't typically think they should die for animal abuse. But in this movie, I kind of made an exception because he's also a mass murderer. In the movie, he's a mass murderer of people as well. Right. So it was kind of just like, well... You murdered a lot of people and abused animals, and now you're trying to actively murder your wife. Like, you know, it's self-defense. Yeah. Like, karma. <laughs> what you put out, you put out death in the world, and now well, death and is I coming mean, for you. For, I know that nowadays we have different laws if an animal kills a person, but yeah, <laughs> back then they didn't, so it was fine. Well, um, and it was during a stampede, and, yeah. you know, people trample each other, animals while trampling you and biting you, you know, it's... Yeah, it was chaos and ex- to be expected from an, a, a poor elephant. You know, she's innocent. Yeah. And didn't understand what was happening. It didn't make me think of Rosie any, any less. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, yeah. This movie just needed more character development, more time to stew in the love story. And it really needed to focus more on the love story. I think that they added scenes that weren't in the book that didn't really add to the love story. And that was the thing that was missing from the book was that the love story wasn't done well enough. And then they didn't do it well enough in the movie either. So missed opportunity to just up the love story and make it the actual focus of the movie rather than the journey that Jacob takes with the circus. (laughs) Yeah, so final thoughts. I wouldn't watch it again unless under the circumstances I already said, honestly. Even then I might be like, are you sure this is the movie? Have you seen it? (laughs) You might try and talk people out of watching it. Depending on how close I am to them, yes. Now if they said they loved it and it's like their favorite movie ever and 
all that stuff, I'd be like, okay, I'll be there with like popcorn and a coloring book or something yeah. <laughs> to entertain me. <laughs> but yeah, I it just was lackluster. I don't think I'm gonna give it much thought after today, honestly. Yeah, it, it doesn't really. It stuck with me because. I was like, wow, this is really lackluster. And then the movie was really lackluster. So, and because I wanted it to be so good, because I love the circus, I really thought that this would be a really good movie and book for me and my sister, who also loves the circus. So, sadly, it was not. Um, anyway, <laughs> I feel like the only circus movies I've seen have been Greatest Showman and this one. And that so far, I haven't been impressed with either of them. The Greatest Show on Earth is the best circus movie. Okay. It is a 1950s Charlton Heston. Oh, well, then I'm going to love it. It's so good. <laughs> it's compelling. It's super long. <laughs> um, but it that is one. If you guys want a circus movie and you're fine with long, old movies, uh, I would definitely recommend The Greatest Show on Earth. So good. So good. Basically, they need to make more, not just more, they need to make better circus movies and either show that if you abuse animals, you get your comeuppance, or show a circus that treats its animals humanely. Because that was like a big thing about old circuses that came out, well, not came out a few years ago. People knew about it for a long time, but people were upset about were Well, now there are no circuses anymore due to that. Yeah. Um, which I, I don't really agree with because I don't think that animals performing is cruelty. As someone who has raised a lot of animals... I don't think that making them perform is cruel. It is part of their play instinct, and it. And if an animal is your livelihood, you're going to take care of them. You're going to love them. And yes, I do think that it needs to be monitored. I don't have a problem with you know monitoring the care of animals and making sure that they do have the care that they need. Um, but I making them perform, I don't think is as long as it's not hurting them. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't I don't think that making them perform is abuse in any way, and as long as you are treating the animals well and um, working with them, or not making them, them do dangerous stunts. Right, um, and dangerous for them because it can look a lot dangerous when in fact it is not. <laughs> yeah, that's the great thing about shows and circuses and everything. Um, we are going to run out of time. Okay, well, uh, that's all we have. Find us on Instagram and Facebook. Still no Twitter, possibly never Twitter. <laughs> We're just gonna say never Twitter. We just <laughs> we have we have abandoned the platform. So it has um, abandoned us. <laughs> yes. But you can find your little sisters productions on Instagram and Facebook and Patreon. Make sure you follow us on YouTube. Um, or subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. I know my social media guys. Um, <laughs> and then you can support us on Patreon. Just search my name, Taya Joy Flake on Patreon and click on any of the, your little sister's production tiers. And that will go straight to this podcast and our YouTube channel. Um, I think that's everything. That's everything. <laughs> All right, well, um, we are getting into the holiday season, so let us know what movies you want us to do next. And I am Taya. I am Laura.